Hey guys, welcome to the Seven Figure Box Show. This is Andrew Frezza with Coach Austin Bettigrew of FitTown. And today we're gonna to be talking about what your CrossFit certification won't teach you about becoming a great coach. And I recently posted in our Rockstar Coaching Group the other day about this and just a short little write-up on it of my thoughts. And I wanted to do a podcast on it because I do feel like it's a more nuanced conversation. And we're about to launch our Rockstar Coaching intensive here a 12-week course for gym owners to do with their entire coaching teams and this course was really built around what we felt was missing from the crossfit level one level two level three um, and we wanted to basically create the course that we didn't feel like existed in the world so i'll kick it off to you austin um, what what's some of the first things that come to mind for you of you don't feel like is being taught in the crossfit level one, level two, since you did both of those, um, that would help coaches become better? Yeah. Um, I, so I think, I think I should hit on what it does really well first because it kind of sets up yeah. what it doesn't do really, really clear. I think what it does really well is it creates a very simple and practical way of coaching fitness. Yeah. And from a coaching standpoint, I think it does really well at this. Um, easy ways to, to view and cue and correct movement. Easy ways to implement ways to teach movement. Um, really good progressions for the simpler movements in, in fitness that we use every single day. From that standpoint, um, I think it does really well. From a nutrition standpoint, although like a lot of gyms don't use exactly what they preach, because I, st I still believe it's zoned. It could be off. I think it's still zoned. It's yeah, still zoned. Like, although it's not like what most people do now, I still think it's a really good base to teach nutrition on, or even just a paleo lifestyle. Like, I see the very simple approach, and I think that's great. Mostly in a in an industry that has a lot going on, there's a lot of directions you could go. There's a lot of things you could learn from from different places that kind of just make it a little confusing. I think they do really well just making it super clear um, and kind of precise, at least in their methodology. Yeah, I, I look at the person who's graduating from college or, you know, for us, we didn't really uh, study to become a uh, coach necessarily. Mm -hmm. We kind of fell into it a little bit. But I think about the person who comes out of school who maybe has an exercise science degree. And so often you hear those coaches that are like, I have so much knowledge or I feel like I have so much knowledge and then they get to their first session or their first class and they're like I don't feel like I know nothing I feel like yeah. I know nothing about the practical side and I think what what CrossFit has done with the practical side now people don't come out of level one feeling like experts mm -hmm. but I feel I think they they feel more empowered to coach immediately than any other certification that I know of um, at least something that would be that short there's stuff like you know, if someone were to go through every level of OPEX, let's say, they're going to feel probably better about how to coach. But in terms of what is typically seen as that initial first certification, um, I think it's one of the best out there. And, you know, what I, the way I view CrossFit, I don't think it's the best I've done. So, like, when I posted this to the group, people are, like, sharing, well, active life is better and this is better. And I agree, those things are better and more valuable in their specific fields yeah. but in terms of practicality and this like liberal arts generalist type approach you don't really have that many good certifications 
like that. And I think everyone needs that base. Everyone needs a definition of what does fitness mean? What does fitness look like? They need a definition for work capacity and what it means to measure and increase work capacity and what that means to you. You don't have to take CrossFit's definition of GPP, but if you work with now an athlete, you can say, okay, well, what is this athlete's work capacity requirements and how do I build towards that? And that requires a whole different set of skills, but it's the initial framework that's hard to beat. Yeah, I agree. And you always go back to it, um, regardless of what aspect in life you're at, like in coaching, you always go back to basics a lot. And I think the basics of what they do is really good. Like the way that they teach the air squat, the progressions they use for the deadlift. Like there's a bunch of just like simple rule of thumbs that I'm sure they didn't create but they did a really good job of packaging it up and putting it a little bow on top to send out to, to new or, or experienced coaches. Yeah. All right, so let's let's move on to some of yeah. the stuff that we maybe don't like as much or we just feel like is missing. You know, part of this is like you have, in a level one, you have less than 48 hours. You have two days, but it's not two straight days of full packed information. Level two, same thing. Level three is actually a written test for those that haven't taken it. It's not an in-person. It's just something where they give you a bunch of study materials and then you take a online multiple choice written test, but there's not a lot of time there. So we have to give CrossFit a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here, but what do you feel like, you can start with either one. What do you disagree with or what do you feel like is missing? There are little things I, I disagree with from the courses, but I wouldn't say there's like a huge thing I disagree with. I don't agree with, you know, some of the ways they implement things like there's, you know, you could always argue with like, is that the best way to do programming? Well, yeah. I don't know. It depends who it's for. Right. And they're, they're doing it for the general population. So maybe it's not that bad, but we have to look at it from a lens of we're trying to run a business and we have a lot of people coming in at different times. So can we run a three on one off? <laughs> Probably, no, we can't just shut down on Thursday. Right. Like, that, that can't be a thing. So. There's little things that um, I look at from that lens that I'm like, okay, well, obviously I have to disagree with it, um, but I definitely can see and understand where they were coming from. Now, as far as um, what I think they're missing, it's literally everything else. You know, <laughs> like all the other big stuff that goes into being a good coach or a gym owner. And I, I kind of separated those buckets and I'll just focus on the, the coach right now you can have all the skills you want to have but if you can't make a sale to a client it, it, you're, you just have pointless knowledge and i think you made a good analogy earlier about the um the person who comes out with like a physical therapy degree like congratulations you still have to get the job somewhere and once you get the job you have to be able to then intake clients keep the clients long term or you're just going to be like one-offs here and there which isn't a great way to make a sustainable living so i think that same rule of thumb applies to being a coach unless you somehow stumble upon a really good opportunity where you can make a really good amount of money on uh, group classes, um, <laughs> at some point in your career, you're gonna have to learn how to make sales. Um, and even in a group class, you're making little micro sales every single day. So mm -hmm. I think obviously right off the bat, that's, that's one of the biggest ones that comes to mind. The second one as a coach that I was thinking about when we were writing this, this podcast up is, what happens when someone gets hurt like there is no direction besides well you can you know you can modify it for this person um there was that like saying going around of like program for the best scale for the rest like mm -hmm. it was always a weird thing to me but i feel like it's program for everyone and then if you're hurt 
here's a modification. Like, I almost yeah. feel like that was the approach. And it's like, oh, you can't do pull-ups because your shoulder. Well, let's just change the range. We'll go ring row. It's like, well, then what else? Are you always just a ring row person now? Like, I feel like that was missing. And as I started to dig into other, you know, certifications and things like that, that was one thing that was, like, really heavy on me of, like, I, I can't just let them be okay with being okay like yeah. i want you to some somewhere along the line improve um get better and be better than you were previously so um yeah the client i mean the client just won't let you be okay with that yeah because yeah. they're not going to be okay with that exactly so. and you, eventually like over time well they will leave your gym yeah the way i think about the um the crossfit certifications is as, as a gym owner now who's been through them and now is hiring coaches to go through it and, um, and we have coaches that we've sent to the level two throughout the years. And I found myself when they would come back to the gym, almost unteaching them certain things mm -hmm. to, to get, I would say, get their feedback on what they liked, what they didn't like. And then I'd have discussions about specific things that I felt like needed more nuanced discussion to it. And the two big ones for me are programming and the relentless side of being a coach. Mm -hmm. And the, on the programming side, it's not that I fully disagree with it. I see it as just more of a theoretical framework. And then you kind of work in the confines of that or you customize it to your gym and your community or your individual clients. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily take it at face value in that sense. If I was taking it at face value, I would disagree with a lot more yeah. of it. The biggest disagreement I have in programming, and this is really across the board, not just programming, but I don't feel like the connection is being made to meeting the client where they're at and taking into account what a client wants, not just what they need. Yep. And we can talk all day about the value of a 5K run or uh, doing 10 by 100 meter sprints as an example. But if that's the only thing you have programmed that day or heavy days is another one that a lot of people don't like. They like strength plus Metcon, but they don't love I'm just going to build an entire day around only the back squat, mm -hmm. no superset, no accessory work. I mean, you could argue that maybe there is accessory work in the warm up or the cool down, but someone looks at it on the board and looks at it in their SugarWatt app and they're like, we're only doing back squat today. Yeah. You know, you're just putting yourself in an uphill battle. Like, I don't care how good your coaches are at delivering a great 60 minute experience and getting people to understand the value of those things. I just think there's ways to to do it where it doesn't put coaches behind the eight ball. And I think that the seminar staff and the methodology could do a better job of understanding, you know what, 95% of the people here are going to be implementing this in a group class setting. Mm -hmm. How can we, how can we understand sort of the client's views, the business's needs, and how can we mesh these two a little bit more versus just like pure perfect work capacity across broad time modal domains yeah there's that saying like you can make someone believe anything with how you say it and i think they do an amazing job of like getting you to buy into exactly what they're saying but i 100 agree with you i you have to at some point take a step back and realize that if those are the results you actually want to give people, you're going to have to spice it up a little bit so that they actually enjoy doing it. Yeah. And like you said, like, sure, maybe you could get away with it once in a while of doing like a 5K run, but if that was literally it, um, and then the next day was like a heavy back squat or whatever, like I, I just can't see that being very sustainable <laughs> um, or at least not having people buy in for a very long time. So yeah, as a coach, I think 
those are the biggest ones and I, I don't know we kind of hit on it but just the people skills in general of yeah. like being able to communicate with your clients being able to talk them through situations that they may be going through inside and outside the gym um it's amazing that you know how to teach them the snatch in a really good simple mm-hmm. way that they can understand but a lot of these people are going through issues much bigger than okay you could get a little bit better with your snatch today so i definitely think that if they were going to go a direction and change the level one or level two like i would love to see them go more that route and just to make a, a more like a full coach like a real coach not just like a technician coach and yeah yeah so i think you know if you're using like the rockstar coaching course like the bottom layer like the cheerleader like it's not a negative thing it's the most important thing yeah. and it's the thing that they don't touch on so yeah and and using crossfit's own definition of what makes a great coach i'm going to kind of use it against them for a second the the six components of a great coach are teaching seeing correcting demonstration presence and attitude and then group management i'm surprised i got all six of those i did not i did not read that (laughs) off the paper um but i think they excel at those first four i think they crush it in those first Mm -hmm. four but I don't think they touch on presence and attitude and group management enough. Group management starts to get worked in. Presence and attitude is maybe sprinkled in here and there. But if we were to assign those two roles, we believe group management is kind of our, our second most foundational role, the director, mm-hmm. the logistics, the, the energy person, the speaker of the group. And then you have presence and attitude, I would say falls under the cheerleader. And we feel like that's the foundation of a great coach and I, I shared it on my Instagram the other day from uh, Coach Brett Bartholomew is he, he said it's, it compounds your technical skills mm-hmm. and that's how we believe in it. It doesn't replace technical skills, it compounds technical skills, it makes your technical skills that much more valuable to the end client and you know I would just love to see them build in some more stuff. The lesson planning side falls in the group management, starts to work its way in the level three a little bit, I think a little bit in level two, but it's not it's not a big centerpiece the way programming is. Yeah, and just to build on what you were saying, I you know, when you're taking something like the level two where you're actually putting yourself out there on the floor, you have a little group that you're kind of commanding through, it's funny like it's it's not that hard to do when you're doing something like a circle, right? Like, okay, get everyone squatting pretty good. That's not, that's not that hard. That's a really simple thing, mm-hmm. mostly in like a warm-up type setting. But to take that same attitude and then apply it to what we do in here is very different. There's people moving, doing different movements at different times. There's, there's a lot of different moving parts. And the one thing that I notice with the level two or what they teach is, you know, they're, they're very relentless in their coaching, which yeah. is a good thing, but also can be a very negative thing if you allow it to overwhelm or take mm-hmm. over other things or other aspects of coaching. And one example that I give to our coaches all the time, like I call them like 20 to 30 second touches, like get in, dig in, do as much as you can in like 20 to 30 seconds, but you cannot forget about everyone else. Yeah. And you'll, you'll go to like a level two and you know, whoever your headmaster or flow master is, is like, you just see them like pounding one guy. They're like, no, you're going to squat better. You're going to squat better. Knees out. This, this, this. And it's like, wow, that's really impressive to watch. But what about Johnny who can't yeah. do anything back there? It's like, of course, they can always be like, Johnny, knees out. I'm going to fix this guy. Johnny, knees out. But you're still forgetting about everyone else now. And it's like, if you are always that dialed in, that relentless, 
you're missing a big portion of running a class, which is literally running the class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the, I had, you had brought up the relentless piece and I had said that that's kind of the one thing that I unteach to the coaches. And I love for coaches to have the ability to be relentless because it's, you have to have the skill set to go deep with someone. Yeah. You just don't have to have the skill set to go deep with them in your first 30 minutes with them. Yeah. You have years to go deep with them. So I love that they're showing coaches what great looks like in terms of the end result. Yeah. The problem is it needs more context of the path to get to that end result and the timeline to get to that end result. And it doesn't need to happen today. If, if you, you know, goal, goal one on any day is you got to get it moving safely. Mm -hmm. And if you can get it moving safely, then from there, it's just one improvement a day in that movement. You know, you can make one improvement on multiple movements in a day mm -hmm. if, you're, if you have enough touches on that athlete. But if you're going beyond one improvement a day, more often than not, it's, it's not helping the situation. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's talk a little bit about, a little more about like the micro versus macro coaching, mm -hmm. because I think you have to, as you said, get in, have the ability to go in, but then have the ability to, to step out. And I think that what, what I would like to see from them is to just pick on coaches on those things more so than pick on what was not technically coached right or wrong. How do you feel about that? I, I agree because, because exactly what you just said earlier of you try to unteach some aspects of being a relentless coach. And basically, in my opinion, be, because it, it's a scary situation to be in. You're, you're nervous. You're kind of scared to be coaching in front of these, you know, world, literally world-class coaches. Yeah. And then they're just hounding you for perfection. So you've now just established in your brain that I can't leave someone who isn't perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and when you get that mindset, you can't coach a group class because you're going to drive yourself crazy because there's going to be multiple people in that same class who don't move perfect. That doesn't make you a bad coach. It's just going to happen. Now, your goal should always be to try to improve mm -hmm. everyone's movement. But that doesn't mean they're ever going to be perfect. There's people who have been doing fitness for years and years and years, and you'll look at them like, well, that could still be a little bit better. But that's what our job is. Our job is to continually make you better. But that's what I think of as like relentless. I'm thinking of from you know day one to year, who knows how hopefully it goes a long time. I'm day by day trying to make you better. I think the like the almost like fear-based approach of like it needs to be you know, really good before you move right. on is not the best way to teach, yeah. uh, to teach coaching because it's almost, if not impossible to make everyone, well, it, it is impossible to make everyone move perfectly. Yeah. And I think the, and obviously this is a seminar, but I feel that the atmosphere of it being a seminar, you have to, you have to actually distinguish that your classes are not a seminar. Your mm -hmm. classes are a a group fitness class and people expect different things in a seminar than you do a group fitness class even at the same facility when we run a skier seminar we run a push-up seminar there's a lot more downtime there's a lot more talking there's a lot more teaching in those types of formats and people love it yeah. when we do a personal training session there's often a lot more talking and sometimes it's between sets because there's just downtime you need to let that client rest 
but it's just kind of, it's the nature of that type of experience. And then on the group fitness side, you have to be very smart and very tactful about how you incorporate rest and how you incorporate teaching moments and they need to be there. You just have to be, you have to choose your battles and you can't try to blurt out everything you know on one day. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of the best CrossFit coaches, and I say best in the sense that really adhere to the methodology the closest, the constant thing that I hear is that I get stuck with clients. I go over my timeline. Um, you know, I, I find myself monologuing for too, too long. And I find that a lot with those people that are, are sort of that true bread and butter CrossFit coach. And I believe it, a lot of that stems from not having that as the priority um, and, and, and making that secondary to good teaching. Yeah, and I think you'll, as a coach, hopefully you'll learn that over time that there are much more important skills than dialing that in. Um, I was just thinking like I, from the level two, not that I don't look to learn different ways to teach and I'm, I'm always looking at that kind of stuff, but I haven't taken a course related to movement in a long time. I guess we just actually just did a one with Danny Camargo for Olympic lifting, but that was like the first one in a while. It's all been like the extra yard I can go like, mm. Um, doing like the active life, um, doing a, a leadership course. Like those are the things that I'm now starting to realize like after, I don't know, nine, eight, nine years, however long it's been that I've been coaching that those have a much bigger role than that one small cue I can give on a, you know, a clean. <laughs> yeah. So the other big aspect I think is just how do you make a career out of coaching? Yeah. You know, and I think there's an aspect of, of sales training. There's an aspect of communication with clients that's that's beyond just building initial relationships and then i think there's a huge professionalism mm -hmm. element that's not really being said and it's it's one of the big downfalls that we hear about a lot of gyms is coaches that are just on their phones coaches that don't pay attention now crossfit's never going to babysit at affiliates mm -hmm. in the licensing model they're not going to hold them to that standard i don't expect them to but i i believe that the standard was communicated more consistently at a higher higher rate then i think you'd see a lot less of that yeah and i know this the specific podcast is about the coaches but i still think this one somewhat comes back to the gym owner and i think that the what crossfit doesn't do whatsoever or at least previously i don't i mean i see they're kind of trying to make some shifts but previously they didn't really care about the business in a sense like anyone like my wife and i were 19 years old when we opened our gym mm -hmm. we knew zero about business like in who would let kids literally kids do that and have zero assistance in doing so and nothing from the affiliation besides the name crossfit came from that um now we figured it out but that's because we had to do a lot of work on our own to do it i think i would love to see if you know one day CrossFit kind of steps up and starts I don't know how they would create a mentorship but like helping the affiliates run a good affiliate and I think if you can get a good running affiliate then the affiliate owner can actually help the coaches and when I say help the coaches I mean create a business that's sustainable enough that they can afford to actually pay a decent wage yeah. and once that decent wage can be created then I think you can start you know 
putting more pressure on the coaches to carry this professional image. But when you're paying coaches $15 an hour, you can only expect so much, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Um, not that people shouldn't be on their own wanting to be the best and be better and push themselves, but I mean, for $15 an hour, you, you can only afford so much. And so I think it starts there, but looking at the actual coach themselves, um, I, again, I just, I just don't think it's taught. And if the only course you're taking is the weekend certification from the CrossFit Level 1 or even going back for the CrossFit Level 2, it's all technician. A little bit of director here and there, but for the most part, it's just, hey, this is how you would teach the movements in a group class. Here's how you kind of lay out a lesson plan to do so. And then, voila. And it's like, well, there's a lot more to it. And um, there's a lot of other areas that come into play, like what that affiliate even expects from you, like showing up on time, dressing well, do you have a uniform, do you smell good? And how do you speak to clients? Um, the one thing I never really liked, or I, I just personally don't like, is the way that um, the seminar teaches. I just feel like it's kind of like drill sergeant-y like feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I love like the personal, I just like happiness and fun. And I think that's what kind of fits into affiliates the best. So yeah, I, I just think it starts with the affiliate owner, it trickles down from there, and then the coach can kind of make, um, or the affiliate owner can kind of create what they think should be a professional coach at their facility. Now, what that looks like, of course, is probably going to vary from coach to coach. I know we have a pretty high standard, but um, yeah, I just I would I would love to see CrossFit help the affiliates first <laughs> get to a place that they can even afford to even consider hiring professional coaches. Yeah, I think that's the elephant <laughs> in the room on this, and I, I believe that really is now outside the scope of the level one, level two, level yeah, 100%. three. Um, I've actually had some conversations with some people that are in the new regime of CrossFit of what I really feel needs to be in there in the affiliate side. And just to summarize my thoughts on that, I, I just truly believe that the affiliate side needs what the training side has. When you get a level one, level two, CrossFit gives you all the tools to be a good coach or, or many of them, not mm -hmm. all as we've stated here, but they don't, they don't tell you how to coach. They don't t force you to coach or program a certain way. On the business side, the affiliate side, they just said, you know, we'll take your $3,000 and then do what you want. And I'd love for them to let us continue doing what we want and all affiliates doing what they want, but give us the principles, give us the framework of what makes a great gym and then let us do, a, do what we want. Don't just, hey, do what you want because if they'd done the coaching side, it would be a mess. It would be ha really haphazard. And so I just think it needs to be a separate course. I 100% agree and I don't want to put all the blame on them and be like like how could you just you know leave them up to their own which some people would argue that you sh it should be more franchise based which I can I can see the argument too and I also can see the side of you know what they may be saying is like if you want to open a gym it is your responsibility to know how to own and operate a business yeah. which I can see that argument as well but there's not even like a sliver of a hey here's a little blueprint on what we would you know yeah. we would do or here's how we would market to get this and do, you know I still think there could be a little effort not just like an invoice for 3k that you know comes your email once a year yeah and for <laughs> those who have never been affiliate owners it, it literally has been that yeah you know what in terms of communication resources outside of the CrossFit journal which anybody could pay I don't know what it was I think it was like $99 a year for which anybody can pay, literally anyone, a coach, a member, someone who's not a member of CrossFit just wants to pay for this, this informational uh, back end. 
you could pay for that. Outside of that, it, it literally, everything that you saw as a non-gym owner was the same communication, the same everything that we saw. We never got a backend, not uh, internal email type of thing that was different from what anybody on the external side of things saw. They did send, send a nice Christmas card. We did get those, <laughs> yeah. I will say though, I think if, I was just thinking this as you were speaking, it would be really cool to see a shift of the relentlessness from the coach to the affiliate. Ooh. That would be cool. I think this is a whole separate podcast, yeah. so I don't want to get too far <laughs> into it, but I like, I do like where you're going with it. And I do want to say that we are not disgruntled in any way. I felt like we got the value for the $3,000 yeah. we paid for in Same terms here. of the ability to use the name. I just think in the terms of the standard that's being held and how it can actually help the coach succeed, which really all comes back to the coach. How can we help the coach succeed? It requires the gym owner to be somewhat good at what they do mm -hmm. in order for the coach to succeed. And if the gym owner is not good enough or not even really trying to run any type of a business, the coach is just at an uphill battle. Yeah. All right, well, I think we'll wrap up there. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you are interested in learning more about these things that are not taught at the level one, level two, level three, and doing it with your entire team and getting everyone on the same page and having a way to bring every new hire through a legitimate system where everybody's gonna have the same language and the same skills and the same type of stuff to communicate on, then uh, get, get in on our Rockstar Coaching Intensive. Starts in a week or two here, depending on when you're listening to it. And the way to hear about that is go to sevenfigurebox.com or go to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash rockstar7, facebook.com slash rockstar7. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you on the next one.